The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. First, we wanted to start with the latest on the coronavirus. Of course, cases continue to appear around the world, and the Canadian government has plans in motion to get as many as 300 Canadians out of Wuhan, China. A plane is on its way to Vietnam, where it will hold until it gets final permission to land. The federal government has sent letters to Canadians in that area telling them the flight is scheduled to depart early Thursday and it cannot guarantee a seat for everyone. Now, watching closely around the world are viral disease specialists, including Dr. Nelson Lee at the University of Alberta. He's going to join us in just a moment. And well, Dr. Lee, I wanted to start with some of the newest numbers. Belgium is reporting reporting its first case of the new coronavirus. The death toll in mainland China is now 425, with the total number of confirmed cases now over 20,000. Hong Kong is reporting its first death. Canada has four cases. Three uh, are in Ontario. Dr. Lee, wondering what the numbers and the places that this virus is showing up tell you about its spread. Obviously, we are facing an epidemic caused by this uh, novel coronavirus. And the data that we have so far strongly suggests that it, it is, uh, having, uh, is showing uh, human-to-human transmission. So it's transmitting in the community, in, uh, mainly in mainland China. And uh, some of the cases uh, through uh, international travel were being diagnosed in in other countries uh, and they were appropriately contained at this point. The the coronavirus outbreak um, today, the World Health Organization has said it does not yet constitute a pandemic. Would you agree with that? And what what would change outbreak, epidemic to pandemic? Well, I think that uh, there's a fine line here. Um, But based on what we have so far, we know that um, the main areas of local transmission is actually within China, whereas there is no sustained human-to-human transmission in all the other countries that have diagnosed um, this new coronavirus so far, meaning that uh, there are cases that's been diagnosed and they're they're isolated but there's no sustained uh, transmission chain occurring in those areas so uh, i think that uh, we have to be really careful and to follow the the trend and see whether uh, the the later will occur in those areas so i I think that is there's a fine line Um, but if say in, in the coming weeks, if there is evidence of widespread transmission uh, in, in those affected areas, then uh, I think that they should reconsider uh, declaring as a pandemic, but not at this moment. Not at this moment. Dr. Lee, I'm, I'm sure you've been following this much closer than, than a lot of us, given the work that, yeah, that, right. yeah. that, that you yeah. do. Um, I, I'm wondering your thoughts on how, um, how you think China has been handling this so far. Well, I think that uh, things are very different uh, when we compare this action with um, what we experienced in 2003. Uh, I think that um, the 
they are able to tell the world that something wrong is, is going on uh, in late December, and within a week they are announcing the isolation of of this uh, novel virus, and then within another week, uh, because of the genetic information, the world has been able to come up with a test. So uh, things are very different. So we are now able to have a diagnostic test, and we know what that is uh, compared with what happened in 2003. At that time, it was just a mysterious illness, and it it took weeks for us to figure out what's actually going on. I want to. I I think that yeah. Yeah, so I think that the th- things are pretty different this time. I want to go back to 2003 because one of the reasons, uh, well, one of the many reasons why I wanted to talk to you today on this front is um, that uh, in 2002, after finishing your training in Vancouver, you returned to Hong Kong, started working as an infections, uh, infection disease specialist in the hospital that was ground zero of the SARS Hong Kong outbreak. We're seeing video coming out of, of China from people inside their homes and, and elsewhere. Dr. Lee, I'm wondering if you can take is back to that time, um, that time in Hong Kong, and, and what that was was like to be there at that ground zero in the Hong Kong hospital, not knowing what was going on. Uh, that, that was a very challenging time for myself and my family. Yeah, because uh, at that time, as I mentioned, uh, we have very little idea what's going on. We do not have even have a name for the virus. That's why it's called SARS. It's not even a name for the virus. <laughs> it's, it's just uh, it's, it's just uh, uh, representing severe respiratory syndrome, severe acute respiratory sy- syndrome, uh, meaning that it's it's just a respiratory illness uh, without a uh, known cause. Uh, so it it took us a long while to figure out what that virus is and how it transmits. Uh, through um, uh, through droplets and, and what we call formites through contact and what kind of personal protective equipment we should wear and how uh, infectious it was. So at that time, it was really challenging. Um, and uh, I can tell you that uh, because of, of those uncertainties, I had to isolate myself from my family for three months while working in the hospital. Oh my goodness. That must have been uh, uh, very difficult, <laughs> incredibly difficult. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I have a son uh, who was uh, one year old at that time and I couldn't see him or hug him for, for three months. Oh my goodness. So, um, you know, yeah, and so you know firsthand what's what's happening in in these areas that have been shut down uh, in, in, you know, parts of China. You've witnessed, you, you've gone through it. Can I ask you, do you, I, I did a lot of traveling last week, actually, saw a lot of folks wearing masks uh, here in Edmonton. I was down in Mexico, leaving the Puerto Vallarta airport. I'm seeing them uh, on, uh, on, on uh, television, in newspapers all over the place. Dr. Lee, how do those masks work, or do they at all? Well, that's a very good question. I think that um, if we look at the scientific facts, um, it's probably not helpful to wear a mask when there is no local transmission. 
uh, of this novel coronavirus in the community. Uh, one, one of the things is that uh, these masks um, is not 100 percent uh, protected. Um, the efficacy to to uh, stop the virus is somewhere between 30 to 80 percent, and it's actually very variable depending on how you wear that mask. And and I, I can honestly tell you there are a lot of people who do not wear it right <laughs> in the right way. So uh, the the efficacy is pretty variable. Um, so I, I would say that at this moment, in the absence of local transmission in the community, uh, wearing a mask in the public area while you're walking uh, in a park, for example, is probably uh, not helpful. What is helpful, I think, that is to ask patients who develop symptoms like fever, cough, sneezing, to wear a mask so as to prevent uh, the, the infection from spreading around. And if that person has got an exposure history, meaning that um, he or she had been traveled into China uh, or in contact with a sick person who had that travel history, I would strongly advise them to contact the healthcare providers to report the symptoms as well as the exposure history. Uh, that will help a lot because uh, if um, we can test them and can isolate them um, in a timely manner, it will prevent spreading in our community. I, I understand that there's different levels of masks too. I mean, I was traveling with a group and, and three of the women were just kind of wearing, right. I guess it would look like the, those almost paper surgical masks. And then there's a, right. it's the N95 mask, which is, you know, looks pretty heavy duty. And I, I think it's maybe important to know which, you know, what each of them are doing and or, or not doing as well. So a little bit of research is, is really important too. Well, I think that uh, generally speaking, um, N95 is for use in the healthcare setting. Uh, when I look after a patient with infectious disease, I, I wear the N95, and I know that how uncomfortable it can be ah. because it's, it's very tight, uh, very airtight, and you can't really breathe well. Mm. Uh, and uh, many, many of the time, you're actually rebreathing your own carbon dioxide, and that will mm. lead to some dizziness as well. So you can't really wear it for a long time. So if it is absolutely necessary, I think that in, at the community level, a uh, surgical mask, a, a proper surgical mask, uh, would would be uh, the most useful. Uh, and the other thing that I keep hearing is most useful is just washing your hands, washing your hands well and keeping Absolutely. them away from your mouth and your nose and your eyes. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. <laughs> we need to remember that all the time. Uh, before I let you go, I know uh, there's there's this, this talk about uh, the Canadians, over 300 Canadians, um, that uh, that the government's trying to bring bring back from Wuhan, China. It looks like they may be headed back to Canada on Thursday. The government warning of uh, you know checkpoints and uh, health screening that sort of thing. They'll bring be brought back uh, to an area at CFB Trenton where they'll be isolated for fourteen days uh, and and given lots of tests. Can you just give us an idea of of what that might look like those those fourteen days when those three hundred people returned back from China and are isolated and are watched for any signs of this infection? 
Well, that's a good question. I, I think that uh, the the strategy is appropriate from the scientific um, <coughs> uh, point of view um, because now we know that the incubation period, meaning that uh, the the time interval between um, the patient getting getting infected by the virus to the time that they develop symptoms. So that's called the incubation period. Mm-hmm. So on, um, uh, the average uh, time uh, is about um, five to six days. And um, very, very, it will, very rarely it will go beyond 14 days. Uh, meaning that by observing them um, for 14 days, if they develop symptoms, then we would be able to test them and isolate them. And, and, and treat them. Um, but if after 14 days they develop no symptoms, very unlikely they okay. were infected with the virus. So I think that uh, is scientifically sound. It is scientifically sound. Um, if my final question, you know, if you, and I know that you're a scientist and you don't have a uh, a magic ball to look into and, and say, you know, where, where this is going to go, but... Um, I know a lot of people are wondering where it is, but given your scientific background, what do you think the next few weeks are going to look like and into the next months when it comes to coronavirus? Well, as you said, I do not have a crystal ball. <laughs> so, so it's really hard to predict uh, what's going to happen in the next few weeks. Um, I've been watching very closely the development uh, in, in China and at this moment, I have not seen the peak uh, mm. of the epidemic yet. Okay. So it's still, the case numbers are still climbing every day. So it will be difficult for us to tell when it will end. Uh, I certainly hope that some of the containment strategies will work. And, uh, and I do hope that in the coming weeks, we will see it slowing down. But uh, it's really difficult to tell at the moment. Dr. Nelson Lee is a professor in the Department of uh, Medicine Division of Infectious Diseases as a viral disease specialist at the University of Alberta. Dr. Lee, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate the conversation. My pleasure.